Hey everybody, I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode 16. Oh, it's, it's old hat now. Sweet 16. Oh, it's our party day. <laughs> I want it to be perfect. That was my impersonation of a <laughs> of a chick on her 16th birthday. <laughs> uh, I thought that... I thought... Well, two things. First of all, I thought that you were making an impression from a movie... And also, I thought you didn't use the word chick until you were three glasses in. <laughs> um, did you watch, uh, what was that, My Super Sweet 16 that was on MTV? Did you ever watch that? Hmm. I realized that I was trying to do a voice of a uh, uh, of a rich, whiny 16-year-old, but it came out like that kid from Shrek who was asking uh, Shrek to roar, and he's like, do it again. <laughs> Are you sure you're not talking about The Lion King? No, sure. I think it's the fourth one, and they're at the party for their babies. I don't think you've seen the fourth Shrek. <laughs> I'm like, there's four of them? Yes, <laughs> and he's, like, tired of, you know, the home life, and he just wants things to go back to the way they were. Didn't that happen in the second one? No, the second one's where they go and meet her parents, and he wants to make himself not an ogre oh, to impress right. her family. They can have the babies right away. Yeah, mm. um, but there's a little chubby kid, and... Uh, he likes the the roar that Shrek does, and he walks up and he goes, "Do the roar!" And he's like, "I'm gonna do the roar." And he's like, "Do it!" And then he roared. And he goes, "Yay! Do it again!" Then he give birth to Beavis and Butthead. Watch it and then come back. You'll understand. Ah, uh, so episode sixteen. Yeah. Uh, we we probably have a lot of new listeners now because you know we finally created a Facebook page, so we have a lot of. You know, middle-aged and older people that probably are familiar with us now. We're going to hit that young crowd next week when we start our TikTok. (laughs) So do we want to talk about why we call it Wine, Wine, Not? Sure. We call it Wine, Wine, Not because during the course of the hour of this podcast, I will drink wine and you will not. not. (laughs) I said I'm like the negative one. Like you're the wine and I'm like, why not? That fits. <laughs> it mirrors life, really. Jeremy's like, fun, and I'm like, fun not. There is no fun in this world. <laughs> Do it again. Well, speaking of wine, what are you, uh, what are you drinking mm. there? In support of the writer strike going on in Hollywood right now, um, we're doing a rerun. <laughs> it's uh, another bottle of Menage a Trois, the same wine that I drank last week. Um, I will admit... Um, it is my favorite of the cheap wines that are good and inexpensive. It costs you less than $10 a bottle in most places. I don't think I've ever seen it over 10 but I may be wrong there. Maybe if you're living in New York City, it's probably like $38 a bottle. Uh, but here in, uh, in Orlando, it's only $9.98 a bottle or something like that. So I thought you were going to say it's you know your favorite type of pause. I was like, menage? No, Nikki is my favorite type of menage. (laughs) Is she? I don't know. I don't know if I know any other menages. (laughs) I know of Nikki Menage, which is Menage One, and then this is Menage Trois. I I need a Menage Deux. What about the uh, well, like the glass menagerie? (sighs) Anyway, what are you drinking? I'm probably (laughs) the only person in the world that thinks that's funny. Uh, Good times. Um, You know, I'm drinking my little energy drink. I'm not going to say which one it is, but by the end of this show, I will have wings. Fantastic. And I will have a hangover. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I feel so bad. Tuesday mornings, when you're feeling it, I feel bad. I'm like, maybe we should change the name of the show. (laughs) A little wine, why not? (laughs) Or you can take it to Grapes, Grapes Not. And then you can eat grapes instead. They have non-alcoholic wine. We didn't specify alcoholic wine. I'll just suck on some frozen grapes. You know what? I'm just going to... It is... I used to do this, um, right, because I have this mentor who who uh, is an alcoholic and he doesn't drink. And so whenever there was some sort of celebratory something, I would get like... Mentor? Don't they call that a sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> this is before I stopped drinking, ah. so it's, a, it's mentor in that time frame. And, you know, so I would always buy like, you know, like for example, when marriage equality uh, became the law of the land. I bought champagne for the office and we all toasted it, but I yes. bought 
a bottle of sparkling grape juice <laughs> for the alcoholics. And, and they love that stuff, don't oh they? Oh, my God. I have no idea what other people think of this, but I constantly am getting bottles of sparkling grape juice, and I I think it is the nicest gesture <laughs> For, How the, does it for the shittiest drink in the world. I, I'm, I'm just not a fan. Yeah. No, but I, I love that that is something that people do, but it's like, it's so insanely sweet. And that's the thing constantly, like, like people are like, hey, you're you're an alcoholic, but they have mocktails. And you know what mocktails equals to me is sugar water. Yeah, yeah. And then it was explained to me, because I said this over the weekend, and somebody said, yeah, that's what they have to do to alcohol to make it taste good, is they just put <laughs> sugar water in it. And I thought, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. My favorite thing is when um, something is done like that for somebody who doesn't drink, um, and they talk to them like they're children. It's like, hey, look what we got you. Oh my no God. alcohol in this, buddy. You drink that, and then you go right to bed. <laughs> you know what that's like? I'm going to point this out, because I love it, because we work... We work for an LGBTQ newspaper. We do. And we go to a lot of events, and sometimes we try to, to man booths at, or person booths at a, um, <laughs> at a uh, um, non-LGBTQ event. And every time we do that, somebody walks up and they're like, you know, they're looking at our stuff, and we're like, hey, do you, have you heard of Watermark before? Do you know what it is? It's like, no. And we're like, oh, it's Tampa Bay and Central Florida's LGBTQ news source. It's, we have a newspaper. It's, like, it's actually Central Florida and Tampa Bay's news source. You know what's funny? It's like, <laughs> it depends on where I'm sitting and what city I'm in as to how that goes. Um, but the their response to that is always like, oh, good oh, for you. You have a paper. You write and read. Oh, good for you. And I'm always like, good Lord. Of course we do. Anyway. Cute little queer paper you got yeah, there. Yeah, it's got words and pictures. <clears throat> so anyway, how yeah. was your week? What'd you do? Um, my week was pretty good. Um, I uh, I was invited to an interesting event on Saturday. It was a fantastic event. Um, it uh, it's called Runway to Hope, and it is a fundraiser for pediatric cancer. So <laughs> sounds like a hoot. It um. Uh, I was invited by um, J uh, Jason Radcliffe. He is one of the co-founders of Form to Fashion, which uh, takes kids uh, or school-age kids um, who are interested in fashion, and they have courses that they teach them about fashion, uh, but not just the making the clothes, kind of just uh, developing your brand and um, like teaching the kids the whole business aspect of it as well as making your own product. Um, and it's, it's, it's really uh, fascinating what they do, the different courses they have. So he had a table at this event. Uh, so I went. It was hosted by um, Johnny from uh, the morning show on yeah. 106.7, XL 107 here in Orlando. And uh, it's, it's a really fun event. They bring out um, kids who um, have either overcome cancer or are dealing with cancer. And they work with um, Bloomingdale's, and they go and they get to pick out whatever, out whatever outfit they want to do, and then they do a runway show with the kids. Uh, but before that, they do a video montage of the kids they lost, and it's like so. I wasn't aware. I've never been to this event before, and, and Jason was nice enough to invite me. Uh, it's super fancy. Um, I looked it up. Two hundred and fifty dollars a plate. Ooh. And they serve steak and lobster. And they had an open bar, very fancy. And I'm sitting there, I'm drinking. And in the middle of the table, they have about a dozen of those little packets of tissues. And everybody's grabbing them as the show's starting. And I was like, what kind of show is this? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my and uh, so they're like, trust me, you're going to need the tissues. And then they start it up. And it starts off with this story of a kid who's dealing with cancer. And by the end of this little video, uh, the kid had died, and everybody's bawling, and then they're like, you know, a moment for those we lost. And then they go through a montage of kids, like, 18 months old, who died of cancer this past year, and everybody's bawling. They're, you know, they're passing the tissues around. It was, it was a tough event in the beginning. I was like, I, I did not know what I signed up for. Um, but uh, a great event. They raised a lot of money. They, had, um, they did live auctions on stage, some of them that went for, like, $25,000. Um, there were some big spenders in that room, uh, some little spenders such as myself, 
who tried to get in there, some of the silent auctions, I was like, ah, I'll, $40, sure. And then somebody else outbid me, and they were like, $7,000. I was like, mm, no, I, you, you can Did have you that go one. back and scratch your name out? <laughs> 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 Just start writing in the names of people you don't like? like I, they're the $40 people. I oh. definitely felt like um, Julia Roberts in that uh, dinner scene from Pretty Woman. Like, mm, these are not my people. They're, they're, they're at a higher class than me. Um, but it was a great event. Uh, the kids all looked fabulous. They looked fantastic. Um, so a uh, huge thank you to Jason for inviting me to that. It sounds like... So I, I don't know if I've ever described to you what what it was like for me when I saw Dear Evan Hansen live and up close. It was the second time I'd actually I seen it. I was in it. the building with you. Oh. <laughs> Did you hear me? I heard everyone. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. So so there was like towards I love Dear Evan Hansen and towards the end of it um I just like my body just wanted to do something other than my mind wanted it to do and it was just shaking and making these noises that um, I I think it, it pulled Jen out of her state of depression watching the show because she was just like, I was so out of control. She was patting me on the knee and just like, are you okay? And I was like, I, I might have to leave uh, because it was so, like, I was just making noises and crying. Uh, I feel like if I was invited to this event and didn't know what was going to happen, I would have been twice as bad as that Dear Evan Hansen thing, yeah. and I would probably have to leave. It was, yeah, I wish somebody would have told me they were going to do videos of children who passed away from cancer before I got there so I could have prepared, but, um, yeah, it, it, it caught me off guard. I do know you well enough to know that in your top three favorite things to watch is people cry. I sure do love that. <laughs> um, it... it <laughs> It was a little uncomfortable, but I pushed through. Yeah, but in all seriousness, it's like it's it's wonderful that they do that to pay tribute to to the kids that are part of their family. I think that's great. Yeah, and the, it's it's an organization, Runway to Hope, that was founded by um, Mark and Jose Najem Najem, the lawyer N E J A M E. Oh, yeah. um, that couple they founded the. the I always say Najemi because I like Catherine the Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Najimi. Um, <laughs> Najimi. Oh, it might be pronounced Najimi. I don't know. Anyway, fantastic. They hosted it with uh, with Johnny. Um, there was a musician there who I think was from one of those American Idol shows. I don't know who he was, um, but his name was Ryan Cabrera. Oh, my. I really wanted you to say <laughs> Ryan Seacrest for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't, know this, I don't know who this is. Uh, Ryan Ryan Cabrera, I believe that he's a singer, right? Yes. Plays the guitar. Yes. So he opened, when I went to see Jewel at Hard Rock Live, that time that we got shushed and yes. were told to be quiet, he opened for As her. As you should at a Jewel concert. <laughs> I should have known something. This is back when I was drinking. And uh, I should have known something was up when the bar closed before the show started. Oh. Yeah, that was one of those. But he opened, and he was great. He, oh. was, a, he was a he was really like this this all American, good looking guy, and he was very talented. And then the next time we saw him, he kind of looked goth and was kind of it was weird. Um, he was a mix between that. So yeah. apparently he's ebb and flowed, and now he's settled into his thirties um, kind of I'm a rockery vibe. Hmm. Uh, but him and Alexa Bliss uh, were the celebrities. Um, Alexa Bliss, uh, if you are not familiar or don't watch wrestling, she is a WWE superstar, uh, lady wrestler. My guess was uh, going to be either a professional wrestler or a drag queen. Oh, what's the difference? <laughs> um, she, her name would be Lady Bliss if she lady was a drag Bliss. queen. Uh, anyway, fantastic show, fantastic cause. Um, this was the 11th year they've done it. It's called the, the annual spring soiree. Um, so um, definitely, if you get a chance... So they you were, got two hundred fifty dollars. Check uh, head to it. The food was great. The people were great. The charity is great. They were auctioning eggs. What did you say they were auctioning off? Um, a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. Um, there was this huge bangle bracelet that was valued at forty five thousand dollars. Um, there was trips. There was a lot of sports stuff. A lot of Orlando Magic donations. So like you go see a game and stuff. Um. There was, uh, they did a big silent auction outside. They had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of silent auctions out in the lobby. 
Um, it was down at the, the Rosa Shingle Creek Hotel. So not like these silent auctions that we're used to, where it's like a $50 gift card to a... <laughs> oh, no. I mean, there was some more reasonably oh, priced okay. one, but it was mostly high-end stuff. I mean, this is kids with cancer. They yeah. need the money. So, um, yeah, they were just, uh, I mean, just really exciting. Uh, when the kids come out, they everybody, like, bum-rushes the stage, and they're, like, they make a big deal of it, and the kids are all excited. And they're have dancing and showing off their clothes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a good time. Have you ever watched that show on HBO uh, called Extra- – uh, it, it's either HBO or Apple Plus. It might be Apple Plus. Extrapolations? No. Do you know what it's about? No. Uh, it's. I mean, it's. So, I'm surprised you haven't heard of it because it's like this huge cast of people. Like Meryl Streep's in one episode. Um, I like the, the guy who, who killed the dragon queen, the fire queen, dragon lady in that show on HBO. Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Yeah, the guy who played Jon Snow, whatever his name is. Jon Snow. <laughs> um, Kit Snow. Kit Harrington. Yeah. He's he's in it. Anyway, it's just, but it's uh, it starts off like sort of just a couple of years from now when it's all about global warming and how it affects this generations of family well into the future. Um, but one of the cool things about, you know, whatever, when you get in the future, there was a, and by like episode six, they had discovered a cure for cancer. Oh, that was nice. Very nice. See, all that money is going to get to good use. Well, hopefully Just... we won't need a 12th annual spring soiree. They'll come up with a cure for cancer. Um, how was your week? Because you were not at this event. I was not. I yeah. actually spent pretty much, for the first time in a long time, I spent most of the week in St. Pete. So that was pretty nice. Um, I read an article about, it said like Tampa Bay had three of the top 100 brunches in the country so there's this place called the library in st pete <laughs> i just want y'all to know that uh as jeremy poured his his glass of wine some dripped on the side of the bottle and he did not lose that drop nope um good for you um, so anyway, there's this uh, brunch place. It was in, like in the top 100 called the Library, and Dylan and I didn't really do anything. Like, we went to dinner for our anniversary, but we didn't we we didn't get to spend a lot of time together. So we decided to make. So a day. you went to the library for your I know <laughs> nerd. <laughs> yeah, you're the one who talked about the AV club all day today. Um, so anyway, it was super good. The food was super good. Um, it defi- what I ordered was definitely top 100. It was their their uh, eggs Benedict was really yeah. good. You know, um, as somebody, I used to live in the Tampa Bay area, and uh, people sleep on the food scene there. There are some really great restaurants in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, when I was a kid, um, my first uh, foray into fine dining was this place called. It's not open anymore. I don't think so. Um, but it's called Jesse's Landing, and it was uh, this. Super fancy. It was the first place I ever tried escargot. Um, super fancy. And each dining room was like a different room in a mansion. So you ate in the library or the study. And it was like super did fancy. Did you eat in the library? <sighs> Nerd. I, I think we did. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I remember there being a library there because I think when we went there, we ate in the library. But it was like super fancy. And my parents wanted to take us there to, you know, for us to experience like that fine dining. And we tried escargot. And uh, I think we tried wine a little bit. Um, we're I'm half Italian, so they snuck us wine every once in a while. Um, but it was such a fancy place. And when people, I tell people about the restaurant, they're like, oh, where was that? I was like, it was in Tampa. And they're like, oh, Tampa. I was like, the people sleep <laughs> on the food scene there. They got some really good food. Well, they've food. got Burns Steakhouse in Tampa, right? Isn't that one of the, I mean, you got to get months in advance to get a, a reservation at Burns Mr. Steakhouse. Mr. Burns Steakhouse? <laughs> He's super fancy and old. <laughs> and it's expensive. So, yeah, he probably does on it. Um, so we did that. And then uh, the, I will point out the weird thing about it is that it's the restaurant is in John Hopkins, John Hopkins Hospital. Interesting. That's some good hospital food as far as hospital food goes. I mean, when I get sick, take me to that hospital. But it's also right outside the Children's Hospital, which uh, and we ate outside. So we didn't like inside was pretty cool. I was just in there for a second, to, and then but they only had reservations for the tables outside, which you get a wonderful view of the hospital, uh, which is was which was weird. But it was it was good. The food was good. So then after that, we went to Bush Gardens, and I don't know if you've ever done this, um, but every 
I'm not a planner. I don't really plan ahead very well. So we'll always go to a place like um, like Bush Gardens or uh, or a theme park, and we're like, oh, this sounds cool, but whatever it is is always booked up, so yeah. we can never get to do it. So this time, like uh, when we knew we were going to have a whole day where we could do something together, I booked us on um, their safari tour. Oh, which is super cool because you get on the. <laughs> I know there's stuff falling down on the walls. Um, they're uh, like you get on this truck, and it wasn't really crowded. Like our all the other tours were booked, but the time slot that we picked wasn't fully booked, which is great because then you know you had you could move around easily, and it just drives out into their Serengeti area, and um, you get really close. To some animals. And there were, like, babies. There's, like, a baby um, rhino and its parents there. And Dylan took his – he's a professional photographer, so he took his camera and he got some great photos that he's, that he's turning into, like, this cool artwork for the house. Oh, uh, nice. But there was a baby giraffe, which you weren't allowed to look at. <laughs> Don't make eye contact with a baby giraffe uh, because they, it was in training and so it was – and it was young. And they said, think of it – like the age of the giraffe was like the terrible twos. Mm. So mm-hmm. if you turn your back to the giraffe and it wants attention, it'll just kind of like knock you in the head. And so they're like, don't turn your back to it, but don't make eye contact and don't feed it. Uh, but then like the the parent, like just whoop, swooped head down right into the middle of the truck and we, we all fed it. It was pretty cool. Did it stick its tongue out? Giraffes have some yes. funky tongues. Oh, it ate. Oh, God. They're huge is, and purple and fat. This is so gross. Like, it went to eat this this one piece of lettuce, and like this stream, Ugh. like a steady stream of saliva came dripping down into Bleh. me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just held it up, like, so I didn't, um, I didn't. I wasn't attacked by the uh, tongue of the. Giraffe. It's uh, it's been a while since I've been to Bush Gardens, but I remember um, they have uh, they might still have it. You you can uh, verify this for me. Uh, the little buckets that fly overhead. I don't think the that rope. they do anymore. Oh, that's sad because like, they used, used to that, go out. Into yeah, the and it thing. would go yeah, over yeah. the thing, and that's how when I was a kid we used to go to Bush Gardens. That's how we would see the animals. You'd be in the bucket overhead, but I'm afraid of heights, so I'd be like. Duck down on the floor just with my nose and my eyes over top the edge looking over. And uh, it doesn't matter. If I'm up high, I get the tingles in the knees. And I'm like, nope, I got to lay down. I wonder if like if something specific happened that made them shut that down. Or if it's just... Because, you know, those those kind of rides shut down on theme parks all over the place. Yeah. You should ask next time you're there if they, they shut that down and took it out. Because back in the late 80s, early 90s, the little fat gay kid kept getting on the floor of them. <laughs> and they're like, now, now they got to come out now. That would be me. That would be my fault. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go up to customer service and I'm gonna say, did it, did a fat gay kid ruin this run? <laughs> what else has that? What has that else kid? has he ruined? You know, it's it's interesting. Um, Bush Gardens. You know, uh, I, we have we have passes because we have passes. I think I have a pass to like all the theme parks for some reason. And I rarely go. I just like to have it because if I want to pop into a place, I want to go. Um, but. You know, I hope we don't lose them as a sponsor. <laughs> it's just not a good park. Like, I'm I'm not a roller coaster person, so you know, there's like I love the animals. That was really cool. So yeah. that part of the park was cool. But it was also their food and wine festival. And I'm like, hey, let's go. If you've ever been to Epcot Food and Wine Festival, never go <laughs> to Bush Gardens Food and Wine Festival because you'll be miserable. It was just not a. It, it was not. They had 20 stations. Mm-hmm. 11 through 20 were open. And then they they had this gated area where behind that gated area, which looked really cool, you could see were booths 1 through 10 that weren't open. Then they opened the gate, but none of the booths opened. And it was a Saturday night during their Cinco de Mayo party and food and wine festival. It's just very odd. Mm. So it's not like our pass expires at the end of the, this month, and I was kind of like, we might want to let that one expire. Yeah. We'll see. I, on the other hand want to say a big thank you to Bush Gardens. I find it to be one of the most fascinating and thrilling theme parks in Florida. <laughs> When's the last time you were there? I don't know. I think it was like 11. That's probably why. 11 fat and in the closet. That is why you feel that way. <laughs> I would like for, I'm going to, you know what? We get, we get um, free passes for people to go, mm. and I think that we should take you. I'll give, it a, I'll give it a whirl. I don't do roller coasters, but I do enjoy animals, which is why I love SeaWorld out here. I love SeaWorld. 
and that's probably why we'll keep the passes because it includes SeaWorld. Oh, that's right. They're owned by the yeah. same company. Yeah. Owned, and it's called a SeaWorld company. Like, Bush Gardens is a SeaWorld company, which surprises me because the food at SeaWorld, from my memory, has been notoriously incredible. Yeah. So this is just very odd. You know they used to be owned by Anheuser-Busch. I do. In fact, I used to work there. I started my first job ever was at SeaWorld when HBJ owned it. And HBJ was the textbook company that was right across the street from SeaWorld. And that was when our uniforms looked like Ponderosa uniforms. <laughs> I remember Ponderosa. That was a good place. Oh, I used to think we were so fancy when I was a kid. And we're like, ooh, we're going to Ponderosa. Let's be, somebody got a bonus. Um, so um, I worked there then. And then Anheuser-Busch bought it. And I just got to say, you know, um, they – they did. They ran a great park. Like yeah. that was when it was in its in its prime. Yeah. I think the 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 way I found out that Anheuser Busch owned it is uh, again. I was a child. Uh, we went to SeaWorld, and it was at the Dolphin uh, Show. And at the end of the show, they were talking about how you know you should never litter in the oceans, and that we need to take care of our our oceans and our animal friends. And to show how you recycle. They had a giant inflatable Bud Light bottle and a Budweiser can, and they threw it in the water, and then the dolphins grab it and threw them out uh, back at the, uh, the, the trainers. And uh, I remember my mother going, why are they using beer cans and beer bottles? This is a children's show. And my dad's like, they own it. And I was like, ah, I learned a lesson. Did, did, they, uh, did they also write some of the new house bills we're going to talk about later? <laughs> um, no, no. Bud Light is a fan of no, us. I was, I was talking about your family who oh. thought it was age, not age appropriate. Oh. <laughs> um, so I knew that it was owned by Anheuser-Busch because when you would pick up your paychecks, you could pick up a case of beer as well. Oh, look at that. Yeah. The 80s and 90s were I did. Wild. I used to like working there. I know that there are probably people listening that 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 hate SeaWorld. You know, uh, when Blackfish came out, mm-hmm. there was a lot of backlash about, uh, about SeaWorld. Um, but I can only speak from my experiences and my experiences working in those stadiums with those trainers is that they love those animals and they took really good care of yeah. them. Yeah, and the, the, the whales looked like they were having fun. <laughs> I don't know. I was a kid. <laughs> they remember when they jumped up there and they they smiled. He threw his and they, tail they, they, up. They, yeah. His 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 dorsal <laughs> fin was flopped over because it was tired from all the fun. Uh, I loved working there. Like my when I first started working there it was during spring break, and I think I was like sixteen or seventeen. And they would bus us all out uh, on the same bus, all of us from Winter Park High School, and we'd work and then bus us back. And it was just really cool. I had a yeah. good time. I loved it. I, I have a pic. Uh, uh, it looks like a Polaroid of uh, me, my aunt with Shamu, uh, but not the real Shamu. It was a man in a uniform or a big Shamu I costume. That. I wonder if it's you in the photo. It may have been. Um, maybe. Um, but um, yeah, he, he he pressed up a little too close to me. So it was you. We need to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Shamu, that's enough. <laughs> I'm nine years old. You get a little handsy. <laughs> wow. It was the eighties. <laughs> you know, there was a there was a guy when I worked there. Um, like they had security would sit, like they have to have a security guard in all the stadiums to watch over the animals. Yeah, because some guy, like like hid, and then came and was like fondling the dolphins. Ew. There's a documentary about a guy who's like in love with an octopus. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? <laughs> it's not. It's not just eight women. <laughs> um, oh, what was the name of it? I'll look it up. You, you, you continue talking. <laughs> what am I possibly going to talk about while you look up this insane film? The epic love story between a man and an octopus. The documentary is called My Octopus Teacher. It's on Netflix. So if you got Netflix and you got nothing to watch tonight... Watch My Octopus Teacher. I feel like we've gone off the rails. (laughs) Um, Filmmaker Craig Foster forges a relationship with a wild common octopus in South Africa. It was nominated for an Oscar. (laughs) My God. (laughs) What, Uh, What year? What year? 2020. This is recent. No. Anyway, that, that stay tuned next episode. We're going to talk about... No, I refuse. My Octopus Teacher. I will watch 
the same show that we watched today together that we're about to talk about a thousand times before I will watch a documentary about a man in love with an octopus. It received critical acclaim. Do you want to guess what its Rotten Tomato score is? Sure. You said critical acclaim, which yeah. means it's 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 um it's got to be high. So we're gonna go with uh, ninety one. Ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. It won best documentary at the Oscars. Anyway. In 2020? Yeah. Well, you know 2021 why? for 2020. Yeah, COVID. COVID. That's had why. us all messed up in the head wanting the fucking octopus. No, that's because nothing was out. <laughs> so they had to go with the octopus. Okay, real quick, I'm just going to pull up what it beat. Um, <laughs> Apparently that guy. <laughs> Eight times. Yikes. All right, let's see. Best documentary feature. My octopus teacher defeated... Crip Camp, do you remember that one? Yeah. That was that was nominated. The Mole Agent, Time and Collective. I don't have time to go through all of these because no. but um we'll uh we'll 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 put it up on our new Facebook page. Ooh, yeah. And uh you uh you loyal listeners tell us uh what your favorite bestiality documentary <laughs> is. <laughs> Mine was Tiger King. Ah, good choice, good choice. Uh, You know what? I'll say this about Tiger King. I was enthralled with it during the pandemic when it was a thing. A lot of people And now I'm embarrassed that I watched it. I mean, it's it's a terrible documentary about terrible people. Yeah. I will, I am glad to say that I was one who held out, did not watch the Tiger King, didn't watch any of the shows that came out about Tiger King. So there was a couple of um, narrative shows that came out. I think one had... Kate McKinnon in it. Yes, had... and John Cameron Mitchell. Yes, yes. James Cameron, John Cameron I didn't, Mitchell. Yeah. I didn't watch any of those. Um, it just, the more I heard about it, the more it just seemed like, why give this these people more of a spotlight? Yeah. Right, and he was like, I mean, I don't know. You, you could talk about age of consent and all that, but here he was like this 35-year-old man who would lure 17-year-old boys to come work for him yeah. and then marry them. Very weird, very weird. But he got them new teeth. That's what I heard. Somebody told me that. Yes. He got them new teeth. Yeah, but then, oh, God. And also that guy who accidentally blew his head off. Did what? you hear about that? No. It's like on the, in the documentary, and it's like this this young guy, nice looking guy that he that he married, and and who was like just enthralled with the animals. He was playing with a gun, and somebody was like, "You shouldn't mm. do that." And he's like, "It's not loaded." And then you just hear, bam. Say what you want about and the shot, and he shot himself. Say and what he you died. want about the octopus fucker. Nobody blew their head off in that one. <laughs> <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> we haven't seen it. Uh, anyway, there's, um, a, there's a there's a lot of uh, my brain. There was too much coming in at one time. I couldn't um, get it out. A transition from uh, documentaries about uh, terrible people with animals into Canada. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We are we're uh, uh, we're in what week three? Yeah, we're in week three. You know of of so fierce, um, which is which. Let's be honest. We're watching this because Gidget's in it, and we love Gidget. Yes. And so, you know what's interesting about about show three is I think it's the first time that you start to get in a glimpse of who the contestants really are. And you know it reminds me when I lived in New York. Uh, I, w- I worked in the entertainment sort of industry and as production assistants here and there, and I got a job for a show called Third Date. And the premise of the show is that, you know, the third date is the make or break it date. So they wanted to follow people around who were on their third date and at the end of the date ask them if they were going to go into a relationship or not because that's when you really get to know the person and go into yeah. a relationship. It was not the job for me. Not it was my style. Like I had to go into random coffee shops like Central Park, um, and and just go up to people in Central Park and all that kind of stuff, and just say, "You see two people talking," and you just go up like, "Hey, are you guys by chance on your second date?" Like, what a weird thing to just watch. So it wasn't it wasn't really for me. Um, in fact, <laughs> when I quit on like day two or three of doing this. I just knew it wasn't going to work out. So I told my friend who got me the job that I was going to put in my notice. And he said, all right, I'll be right back. And he went back into the office where the producer was uh, and told the, the executive producer that I was quitting. And all you hear is this man start screaming. And he's like, 
You tell that mother effer they get the F out of here. I never want to. I was like, you'll never work in this town again. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) So he's just like screaming. And so I just looked at everybody else because they're all staring at me. (laughs) I just grabbed my bag and I was like, it was really nice working with you guys. (laughs) But anyway, so so in episode three, it was interesting to me that you start to learn more about these characters or these people who are in the show because of, you know, that's. So episode three for me is the make or break it. Like I'm gonna, you decide now whether you like this show and you're gonna keep watching it or yeah. you don't. So what did you? Th- what do you think? What do you, What do you want to talk about about it? I um, it's sad. I know. I just asked you a question. I'm gonna answer. What's sad, it's sad that we've decided to report on this every week because let's just be real. We we just it's not a show that we enjoy. It's not in our it's not in our wheelhouse. We're not I don't think either uh, either one of us are big um watches of like RuPaul's Drag Race. We're right. not huge drag people. Um and I don't think either one of us are big fashion people. I think this show speaks more to people who are into fashion more so than if you're into drag. So if you watch what's that one show in Make It Work? Oh, yeah, yeah, Project Runway. Project, if you're into Project Runway, this might be up your alley. But even, see, I don't really care for fashion, clearly. For those who can't see, he has a button-up shirt with little palm trees on it. Um, I'm what one might call a, a maxinista. <laughs> so, like, I don't have a great fashion sense, or I'm not, fashion isn't my thing. But yeah. I like Project Runway. Oh, I think the thing with this is just that, it's just new. It's got a lot of potential, yeah. so we'll give it that. Um, you know, but <laughs> a perfect you know what? Example. I bet people in I bet people in Canada love it. Um, one, a, a perfect example that just kind of speaks to that is there's this um, uh, uh, this kind of unpolishedness to it, and that's kind of part of its charm. But um, we were talking, and like in this episode, they've got um, like the special guest for special drag guest for each episode <laughs> is on a TV, and they're talking to that you've got each one of the hosts on either side of the TV, and underneath the TV is the laptop that the per- the person is on their Zoom call or whatever, and it's just open, so you see the little screen down here and the big screen up here, and it's just like it's just little things like that that gives it kind of a. Um, we're doing this in my mom's garage field. You know, and it's and it's clearly like a like a Zoom call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what is the other person seeing? Like everyone's thighs. <laughs> like it's way down oh, it low. Is. It's like way down under the, the thing TV. is straight up. It's not bent back. So yeah. it's like what? I, Although this contestants are standing, long, uh, so right. maybe it's a widescreen lens. Anyway, you know this maybe this will help paint a picture everybody. If you watch, if you watch Project Runway, think of it like this: Project Runway. Is like the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. Oh, and this show is like the you Bush really Gardens. don't want the Bush Gardens money, do you? As I said, Bush Gardens is a fantastic theme park that has a long, beautiful tradition in the Tampa Bay area. I look. I've got a long history with with uh, with Bush Gardens. I like it. Like the animals were good. All right. I said I'm keeping the past. Leave me alone. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, so uh, this one thing I did like about this episode that I think you're a little less enthused is the theme was cosplay. Yeah, it was you're not a nerdy Marvel DC comic booky kind of guy. No, I, I myself am. I know what's I, I know what's surprising. Like surprisingly, I know a lot about like the Marvel universe. Probably um, because everyone who works at Watermark, other than you, is into that stuff. Yeah. So you probably have to hear it from all ends. Yeah, it's just I yeah. Look, I don't cosplay is your thing. Awesome, you know. I don't. I don't have anything against anybody who likes cosplay. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even dress up for Halloween anymore, so I'm not really really yeah. good to evaluate my opinion yeah. on. Now, this as that. somebody who enjoys comic book stuff and kind of nerd culture, I am not a cosplayer. I do. I hate makeup. I hate tight clothing. I hate. I enjoyed the event I went to on Saturday. Hated the fact that I had to put fancy clothes on because it was a fancy event. I don't care for Halloween. Number one reason is because I don't like makeup and costumes. So completely out of my wheelhouse they show it. Now, Jared Leto, Jared Leto at the Met Gala. Is that considered cosplay? Because that's hilarious, and I totally dug that. Unless there was some like morbid reason he dressed like a really large cat. Okay, so I don't know that much about the Met Gala. However, I do know that uh, each, each year has a theme. 
this theme was a particular designer who, completely off subject, is a sexist, homophobe, transphobe, and misogynist, I'm told. Mm. Um, not a good Alleged. person. Alleged. I don't know anything about Met Gala or these designers, so I don't know. But a lot of people on Twitter were upset that the Met Gala chose this guy as their theme. Jared Leto was dressed as this guy's cat. Apparently, oh. <laughs> that costume is based off a photo of this designer's oh cat. And it was designed to look exactly like his cat. I thought for a second it was the cat uh, that the the cat filter the lawyer had. And that, you know, <laughs> he's like, I'm not a cat. I do want to, I want to point this out real fast because I think it's hilarious. Um, we have done, so we've, we've had like three episodes in a row where we only talk about entertainment. So we were like, we're going to talk about news. Oh, we've got 20 we've minutes. Got 20 minutes left. All we right. haven't even got to this. So let's run through really what? quick, fast, so fierce. Here's the notes I have. Nick Vender, huh? Is the special guest, and I just want to—I want to ask this question about the special guests. For anyone who watches, why are the special guests never there? They're always zoomed yeah. in. I can only assume it's because the show doesn't have a budget to, tra- to travel it, them in. Canada's a big place, eh? And they're like, oh, you they're know, in Nova true. Scotia filming, and this guy's probably in Saskatchewan. I don't know if that's accurate, but it sounds good. I'm yeah. gonna go with that. All right, all right, okay. Uh, but anyway, his—he's a drag queen called. Nick Van Der Rehn, and I say Nick Van Der Rehn because his last name is the two letters A-A. Nick, N-I-Q, not how you spell Nick. Van. Not in America. Like a van. <laughs> Der, D-E-R, eh, A-A. So Nick Van Der uh, Somebody say A-A. <laughs> um, so he was the special guest. Um, it was about cosplay. Um, there was, uh, I wrote this down. This show was about time, tops, and techniques. The three T's. Uh, time, because everybody kept saying they didn't have enough time. <laughs> tops, because they kept talking about who was a top. It's and I'm like, is that you're in the top from last week, or are you a sexual top? I don't I, know what they were talking about. I don't I don't either, Canadian. but whatever it was, Terrence was all, like, Terrence, adamantly. Yes. He was an angry top. Uh, first off. Terrence is my favorite because when the when we first the in the beginning of the episode when the two hosts walk up to him or hostesses, um, hosties, host I, I don't know. Um, he sounded like an he kept calling himself a super nerd, so he sounded like a super nerd Eeyore, and he's like, "Hey guys," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, he's like an Eeyore." Anyway, I would um, say like a gay Eeyore, but that's redundant. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so you had Terrence, uh, uh, who had, I just have it written down here, his looked like a Halloween costume. Do you want to go through each one of them, or do you just want to talk I, about? I, yeah, I mean, my comments will be really short. Uh, we took notes, we watched this together, we took notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, really much next to, there's seven contestants, and next to six of them, I have, eh. <laughs> written who down. don't you have, eh, next to? You know what, I liked um, Diana's. I like the, Diana. I call it the birdcage. And so it, to me, it was sort of like bird Isn't set that free. Todd? And I love that. Or birds. is it Rosanna? Rosanna. Rosanna? I know. I knew it sounded like a song. Uh, so anyway, I like that one. That and that kind of looked like the there were mm. there was fabric that came down and made it look cagey. Yeah, I, I wrote cool. down Diana, aka Moonbeam Hippie, because she's kind of hippie. And I was like, eh, plain. She's like a goth hippie. Yeah, she's just very kind of like. Um, I wrote down Moonbeam because I feel like her is her first child's name is going to be Moonbeam. Well, let's go. We're going to go through them in order. Yeah. Terrence, I just wrote no. Hated Halloween the arm. Costume. Looked like a Halloween costume. It looked like um, something from The Walking Dead, right? Like the guy who lost his arm and then he had that thing on the end of it. Yeah, and I get it's it. cosplay, oh. but it didn't seem cosplay to me. It didn't seem video gamey, which is what they kept saying. It looked like some kid threw a Halloween costume together. Yeah. It looked uh, which. It looked totally cosplay to me, but you yeah. know, we've established how I feel about it. Gidgets. You know what? I love Gidget to death, um, but I don't think this one landed like the other um, two. I did. wrote Aquawoman. Yeah. <laughs> Look like Aquawoman. Yeah, definitely. I think they, the judges even said that. I do like the color, though. Yeah. You know what? And I will say this. It, obviously, that cape took some time and talent. The cape looked really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. I think of all of the people, again. The cape I'm falls t- under the third T. Yeah. I'm definitely, you know, Team Gidget here, mm-hmm. and and I have been. But when they talk to the contestants, Gidget's the only one I think that talks about that uses actual technical terms yeah. of building 
wardrobes. Yeah, we'll get to the other person who did not use technical terms, but I believe their favorite phrase was, uh, this is garbage I found in a lot, so <sighs> I mixed it up with my other garbage I found in a lot. I, I, wrote, I wrote garbage down about that a lot, too. Uh, so then Benjamin. Benjamin, who I like to call the hobbit. <laughs> Gay uh, Hobbit. The Gay Hobbit, um, which is uh, apropos because his looked like something out of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like uh, leathery because that's where he, like where he comes from. Leather's a big deal, and so he went leathery. Hobbit Town, <laughs> Hobbitshire, is that what it's called? Shire. It's the Shire. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. See, look at I know those nerds. Nerd. So. <laughs> uh, next one is the Kyle, aka Shit's Creek. Yeah, I wrote. I know he does look like he's from Schitt's Creek, um, not like a person from there, but like the just like, like the city. He embodies what the city Schitt's Creek. He looks is. like the creators of it. Yeah, combined. He yeah. looks like Eugene Levy. He's and a Levy. Dan Levy combined. Well, they are Canadian. Uh-huh. Mm. <gasps> All Canadians look like I'm Levy's. looking that up. They only say his first name. Yeah, maybe it's Kyle Levy. Uh, I put down. It looks like a medieval Madonna. Those boobs are accentuated. I wrote down no. <laughs> And then Bebe. 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 Bebe, I wrote down eye roll because he makes me want to roll my eyes. He is so pretentious. I just want to say also, like, like we were hate watching this episode. So, like, if, if anybody on the show ever listens to it, you're our, you're valid, wonderful people who deserve the acclaim that you get for being on the show. Yes. But the snippets that we are shown... It paints a narrative. It paints a narrative for us. If this podcast makes it up to Canada, you all are as as delightful as a Tim Hortons, eh? Do we pay enough for it to go all the way to the Canada? (laughs) We're we're down here in Florida, you know. The the furthest north it makes it is is, uh, Smallville, Illinois. So I wrote this down. I wrote, eh, (laughs) blood on your face, big disgrace. Yeah, he had a... The bloody face, I didn't get it. I didn't it, get it. He had a trident. It had a very nautical look to it. And then blood dripping down the face. I don't get like, it. Like, what did this, what did it murder to get that? Like, it was odd. It just it splattered blood on the face. Bebe, more like Nene. Uh, and now we've got... Missy, the garbage. mohawk. Um, what was with the... Mohawk like, Missy. <laughs> it had, like, baby doll arms sticking out of it. Too busy. Too busy. It had like a lot. You know what? I will say this. It was intricate. There was a lot to it, like uh, where there might be like studs on a vest of something. There were keys and stuff that were yeah. found. Like just, it was really. It was a trash. It was Fraggle Rocks. Fraggle Rocks trash heap. Yeah. Um, just a, a pile of trash that was Terrible. made into something. So garbage. Garbage. Yes. I I think that it was. Anyway, she won. <laughs> Is that is that is that where we're we're going with that? Um, she I won this say, round. <laughs> you win this round, Missy Mohawk. I don't know. I don't understand the the winner. I, they seem to love Missy. Missy's always in the top, and I'm just I'm just not a fan. No. I don't. If I was at a drag show and a drag queen walked out wearing what what Missy designed, I would. I, first of all, I would probably be like, what's I'd that smell? Out. I'd walk out. Because <laughs> it's all trash. But it, it just was not. It was not mm. my thing. Um, and I don't know why they like her so much. But we did make a pact. Jeremy, Jeremy and I made a pact that we're going to watch this show and we're going to report on it weekly as long as Gidget's in the show. Once they get rid of Gidget, we stop. We'll do, then maybe at the end we'll, tell you, we'll say, oh, this person won. But, so Gidget was in the bottom two. <laughs> And for a second, we were like, oh, we thought this, we were done. Is this the last episode we're going to watch? But Gidget nope. made it. Bebe went home. I think Gidget. Like, bye bye, Bebe. Yeah. We weren't a big fan. No. It was the attitude. Yeah, he did. He kept, like, I mean, again, I understand it's reality TV. And so it's edited for a specific, it's, it, it's edited to make us feel what they want us to feel. Mm. And they did not make him look good. No. Um, anyway, let's move on to the news, which uh, I feel like we're only going to get to one of the news stories. So I'll let you pick which they're, one. You they're talk sort about. of all intertwined, right? Um, I mean, kinda. 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 Um, let's talk about. Uh, well, first we'll talk about the legislative session. Let's we'll do run that. through real quick. Um, the Florida legislation uh, le- legislative session closed up on Friday, um, and it um, it didn't go well for us. It did not. Uh, it was probably, at least in recent history, I think it was the most anti-LGBTQ session that I have seen in the state of Florida. It was um, I, 
off the top of my head, I believe there were seven or eight bills that passed that directly uh, were um, were attacks on the LGBT community, attack on trans youth, attack on uh, gender affirming health, on uh, drag queens, on uh, students. The don't say gay bill, don't say gay or trans bill was expended. Um, uh, well, in the legislature, you just combined to the it. You combined expanded and extended. Expanded. To, to expend it. I like it. Um, because the children are expendable to them. Huh? What? All Pen connects. drop. Um, Pen drop. So, um, so, yeah, so they expanded the don't say gay or trans bill. In the legislature, they expanded it through the eighth grade. However, the Florida Department of Education, under the, um, the prodding of Governor Ron DeSantis, um, pushed that through all grades, uh, kindergarten through 12th, cannot talk about gay, trans, LGBT plus queer issues at all. Um, let's see, what else? Um, we had, uh, let me pull it up here. I'm just going to run down real quick, and then uh, if you have any particular ones you want to run through. Um, but uh, Senate Bill 254, uh, which outlaws health care for transgender minors, inclu including puberty blockers, humor, hormone replacement therapy, um, any kind of medical necessity health care for trans children. <clears throat> the anti-trans bathroom bill, uh, which criminalizes transgender people using the restroom that match the gender uh, or their gender identity. In It originally was everywhere, but then there was a huge pushback. So they removed um, private businesses and health care facilities. So this bill will, uh, or this law uh, will prevent uh, trans people from using bathrooms in schools, prisons, detention centers, and any government buildings. That one is on its way to the governor's desk. Uh, don't say gay. Uh, don't say LGBTQ. Um, expansion bill, that is on its way to the governor's desk. Uh, license, I'm reading through this on the Equality Florida's website. Uh, they've got a listing of everything that passed. The license to discriminate in health care. Uh, this bill prioritizes personal beliefs over patient well-being, uh, which means that a doctor can deny trans care. Uh, well, initially, the, the point of the bill is to deny trans care um, based on religious grounds. But because all of these bills are written so broadly and wide-sweeping that um, they're going to have further impacts than just what they were intended by the Republicans. So this basically says that you can be denied health care if, uh, if your health care professional says it's against my religion to help you. So it doesn't matter. If they don't like you because you're gay, if they don't like you because you're black, if they don't like you because you're a woman who had an abortion, they don't have to. And this to and, and this is from the pro-life community, right? Yeah, the pro-life yeah. community well, saying only, that a doctor can say they don't have to give in, treatment to in somebody my that experience, they don't agree with. People who are pro-life are pro-life only until you exit the womb. Then they don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. Uh, the uh, this one, the Equality Florida calls the MAGA takeover bill in higher education. Um, this bill. Um, censor certain um, uh, uh, fields of study in state-run colleges. So you can't get a degree in critical race theory. You can't get a degree in queer studies or women's studies. Uh, that one's on its way to the governor's desk. The anti-drag bill that uh, has been all over the news. Probably it just I don't I don't know if that uh, that critical race theory is is the way that that works. It's like you can't get it in like African American studies or something like that. I don't know that critical race theory is a is it a was written thing. broadly um, to include. Let me pull it up here. Uh, what they specifically call it. Um. I'll pull that up and I'll come back to it. They call it critical theory. It's what they call okay. it. Anything that falls under critical theory, that includes anything under um, race theory, that includes anything under gender studies, that includes anything under queer studies. Um, I didn't even know about this one. This uh, There's been so many bills, some of them just uh, to fell by. Um, but they passed that uh, school board elections have to be partisan now. You have to identify as a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, when running for school board. That is on its way to the governor's desk. School boards don't... It, it, educate me here. School board elections aren't the same districts as, um, as like, 
Congress. No, 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 no. School boards are states. done by county. Each county right. has its own school board, so they have their own election. Well, you know what? That could actually be very beneficial for some counties. <laughs> you know, it could be. Um, uh, you know, except you know, where this, these kind of bills aren't aren't really an issue for people in progressive bubbles, like in Orlando, like in St. Petersburg or Tampa or Miami. These are things that are affecting the kids. And it's almost as if they're pushing them out of all the spots in Florida and forcing them into these bubbles. Well, but um, they, they are if you're in juvenile detention in Orlando or if you have to go get your driver's license renewed and go to the bathroom and you're trans and you, you Well, know. yeah, no, I'm speaking specifically about the, um, the school board bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, a legislative session is over. DeSantis is doing his... Um, uh, proud walk around the chicken coop uh, with his chest popped out, talking about what a wonderful job he's done. I'm sure in the next week or so, we will hear how he's running for president, where he will bring his super cool, um, woke-killing legislation to uh, the federal government when he tries to run for president. You know, it's and God help us all at that point. It's it's just so absurd. It, it's just absurd, and what I get, it's it's exhausting. The, the you know hypocrisy, or you know that how things just don't add up. You know, if you're if you're saying that you have this parental rights bill because parents should have a say in what their children um, are learning, then if a parent wants their child to learn this, they should have a say and let that let that be taught so it's just that i mean it's 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 not new it's just so blatant you know like florida just said we don't give a shit about any of it we're gonna just put it all out there and show our ugly and show our hypocrisy and say you know oh we should have freedom to not have to wear a mask but you can't have freedom to make choices about your body or you can't go and you know what one of the things that i think is so it's one of these topics that i i learned about and it just kind of stuck with me. Just something so simple as having to go to the bathroom and how these laws that, that make it so that you cannot go into the bathroom that you, with, with the identity that you have, how, how destructive that is to, to a person. You know, you've got to plan. It's like, you know, you've just got to plan how your day's going to go, how your night's going to go, and where you're going to be so that you can go to the restroom when you need to. And, you know, there's just story after story about people who hang out with friends and they'll have, like, one drink with their friends and then they've got to go home because if they have to go to the bathroom, they can't go into this place. It's just, like, it's all these, all these laws. They're, they're lies and they're hurtful. And that's the only reason that Florida is passing them. It's because they, they're just so vindictive towards LGBTQ people. And, and I'm just curious as to where all of this comes from. Where, where is it all rooted from? Is it because, oh, we just need to shit on the, on, the, on, on, on the most vulnerable people so that we feel like the big man? Is it religious-based? Like, where does... I think it comes from... I think the everyday Republican voter, it's religious-based. I think that uh, the Republicans who are running for office see it as a way to hold power. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's not about them, oh, we want to fuck up the lives of these people and we hate these people. It's This is the easiest way to, for me to hold on to power because uh, people who really love their religious beliefs will do anything and suppress anyone to show that they care about their God. Unless their man, unless the guy that they like um, paid off a porn star that he had sex with, cheating on his wife. Then they don't care about that. He got forgiven so, by Jesus. Yeah. Did he? That's what I he says. Read. Where in the Bible does it say that Donald Trump was forgiven by Jesus? <laughs> I would like to know. I just think it's all it, it's so it's so hateful and it's so demoralizing. And you know, I feel I think that the brunt of this is to our uh, to the trans community. And unfortunately, I know that the trans community doesn't have one hundred percent support from the rest of the LGB community and that makes me sad as much as any of these stupid laws and I think everyone should support trans rights everyone should be outraged by all of this more marches in Tallahassee all the way to Washington DC if we have to anyway yeah and we'll end on that light note 
Yeah, so um, uh, real quick, I do know that in a couple of weeks, there is going to be kind of a debrief, uh, I believe on the 18th. Uh, it will be online, so uh, check Equality Florida's Facebook page um, if you want to hear uh, more in-depth about what happened with these bills and what the next steps are. Uh, most of these bills go into effect July 1st, if and when they are signed. Uh, there is no indication that DeSantis won't sign these. I'd be shocked as hell if he didn't sign every one of them. Um, but most of them go into effect July 1st. So uh, if you want to get involved, um, keep an eye on Equality. Do Florida. it. Do it. Just do, do it. it. Um, anyway, that, uh, that, uh, that's another episode in the can or the bottle. Uh, and until next week, uh, the cork is back in that bottle. There you go.